Hey, welcome to Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Let's get right into it. Um, so as we are coming close to the, the end of our time, <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it would be cool if we could do something a little practical for people. Okay. So we've been talking about building awareness and we've given, I, I feel there's some tools, my perception, that's a better word than feeling. Uh, my perception is that we've floated some good tools and a lot of it is just get started. Any meditation is better than no meditation. Any stretching is better than no stretching. Any journaling is better than no journaling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Any breath practice is better than no breath practice. Now we're developing our awareness. Now we're in a space where we can begin to more consciously take on this changing of our life. And I love um, hearing you talk about design, like designing your life or, you know, creating a roadmap. You know, again, your podcast is called Soul Roadmap. What are the first steps to designing your roadmap for your life? The very first steps that I really felt like there was a huge result is one, creating your morning roadmap. I have a, a freebie. I don't know if that's okay if I can give yes, it a freebie. Yes, please. Yeah, I'll link it. Um, I'll link it. It's dinacataldo.com forward slash morning roadmap. And it actually walks you step by step. Like it goes through an inventory of what you're doing right now. And then it starts helping you piece together what you want to incorporate in your morning and how you're going to like do trial and error to get there. So I actually put in what would be helpful for me at the time, which was seeing what worked and what didn't like really saying, okay, how much time did it really take me to get ready for work that morning? How much time did it really take me to have my lemon water and take my dog outside? You know, how much time did it really take Hmm. so that you can start creating more space in your morning and start to see what that feels like. Like if you're the kind of person who wakes up in the morning and you're stressed out already, you've got a million things on your brain, you know, start to, to do that. Um, one thing that I recommend for people's mornings that they do is if they wake up with those busy thoughts, which is completely normal, um, just have a piece of paper and pen available to you, like buy your, you know, wherever you're having your tea or coffee, whatever it is, and write down everything that is on your brain that you need to do today, right? Like this just going in your brain and then circle three things, just circle three that absolutely have to get done today. If you did nothing else, what would those three things be? And oftentimes that will, well, that will calm you down because you see those things more clearly. You don't have so much going on in your brain. So that's one, two things that I would recommend. Pardon me? You externalize them. That's something that's so critically important. I think there's a tendency, I'll speak to my own tendency. There have been three times in the last two weeks where I suddenly felt this increase of tension and I, I would call it anxiety, not in the clinical sense, but in the just dictionary definition of anxiety, where I start to feel this anxiety. And it's this desire to be right, to be perfect, to be, in this case, perfectly aware. Okay, I have 10 things that I know that I need to get done. They've been going crazy in my brain, and I need to remember all 10. 
and I'm sitting there trying to literally repeat them to myself in my <laughs> head and use no other tools besides, you know, the gray mass between my ears. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, why the hell am I not writing this down? Like, mm-hmm. why, why am I assigning value to perfect memory? Yeah. And then we just spin it in our head over and over again. Yeah. And and that's not helping either because I'm more likely to forget because I'm in an anxious state. And if we know much about brain chemistry, anxiety is going to prevent certain types of encoding and all that. Mm-hmm. And again, why do I even need to remember this? That's why I have a planner. So I yeah. picked up my planner. I opened it. I pulled out a pencil. I found a blank spot and I just jotted down the first, I think it was five things that came to my head and went, oh, hmm, isn't that amazing how much relief I feel just having done that? Oh, yeah. And and I can always look back at that list later. Or frankly, what ended up happening was I didn't look back at that list, but my anxiety was gone. And the two things that I did remember to do, I did very well. And those other things that I wrote down, I don't, I think half of them didn't get done. Yeah. but they also didn't need to get done because I was assigning more value to them than they had. And just having had the experience of writing it down, I know when I make my plan for this coming week, I'll open up last week, i.e. this week. And I will look at those items and I will reprioritize those items and I will stick them in my plan for the week. Yeah. Um, Then the other thing that was really helpful for me was recognizing where I was really spending my time. Mm. So often we think, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time. I can't do this. I can't do that. But when you really start to see where you're spending your time, like actually using your time, you begin to understand that you are unconsciously eating away at your time with things that are not meaningful. And um, one of the things that people often say is that, you know, I don't have time to, you know, get a coach. I don't have time to wake up early in the morning. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to have a journaling practice. Well, we make time for those things that are most important to us. And if you, I, I created a chart, it's the accountability roadmap. You can go to dinacataldo.com forward slash accountability roadmap for that one. <laughs> I don't have a sexier name for that. Sorry. That's like, I got nothing. I'm, I'm working on it. Give me 30 um, seconds. I'm sure I'll come up with something. We'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, it was just this really practical chart that one of my coaches had me do. And so I actually created one for myself to say, okay, how much, how many hours am I actually on the internet? How many hours am I actually on the television? How many times do I really check the phone? Do I really check the email? And so I, for a week, I just did this for a week, just seeing, okay, where am I really spending my time? And at the end of it, I recognized I was spending far too much time doing stuff like watching Netflix or you know, something random on, you know, the internet, or maybe I'm spending too much time on social media rather than doing things like working on my online course, like those kinds of things that would really help me move forward. Wouldn't necessarily um, be things that I was prioritizing at all. Yeah. I like an ice cream truck in the background. Oh, I don't even hear it, but uh, (laughs) I know it's distracting. I I have that, that same situation happen to me all the time. Um, What I really like about that is that it it bleeds so clearly into, um, okay, what next? Well, the fact is what's next is the last thing you did repeated 
in another component of your life. So what I heard you just say was I took inventory of my morning by taking inventory of my morning and then choosing strategically how I wanted to go about that morning. That's how you built a roadmap that you could follow a habit to build in how you would go through your mornings. Well, guess what happens then? You can then go, Oh, look, what's most important to me? Am I actually doing what's most important to me? No, I'm doing automatic things. I'm doing things that make me feel good, that make me temporarily feel good, like watching Netflix. But that doesn't get me anywhere closer to my goal of fill in the blank, in Mm -hmm. your case, developing my online course. Oh, crap. If I want this, I have to prioritize it. Let's take inventory. Okay, I noticed that I'm spending time with this and not this. Well, I need to change that ratio. Is it going to suck? Yes, because I'm removing removing my buffering. I'm removing the things that make me feel good when I don't feel good, like whatever, ice cream, TV, video games, whatever. So there's going to be a, a period of discomfort. Okay, but now I am going to see results in the thing that I really want. And then, oh, suddenly all these lack of good feelings that I had suddenly appear because... <gasps> I'm getting charged up. I'm generating the emotions that I want by achieving the thing that I intended to achieve. And what does that lead to? Oh, look, I can take inventory of another part of my life. And it, so it sounds to me like the best way to build a roadmap is to build a roadmap. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty (laughs) much it. You know, you got to start somewhere. And so that's where I started. And that's where I encourage people to start looking because that's where I see the most commonalities with people. Um, and then another thing is just investing in yourself. Like if you're not willing to invest in yourself with money, then you're not going to see the results. And it's so interesting because, um, are you, you're familiar with James Wedmore, right? Yeah. I was actually just about to use him to yeah. put something that on it like, on its ear. So I'll let you quote him and then I'll yeah, quote him. So he says like the transformation is in the transaction. And it's so true. When I put down cold, hard cash for something, and specifically for, for coaching or for a program or for something that is going to work to improve myself, I put so much more effort into it. I invest so much more of my time into it because I want to get all the value from what I've put into it. Like there's something about really saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to just say, all right, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm going to do it. And I get so much more out of it when I do that. I think that's so critical in our existing culture, specifically, well, I'll speak to American culture, though I'm sure there are other capitalistic cultures in the world that this would be true for as well. That because our transactions happen around money, because our primary uh, delimiter or and rec- kind of what helps us perceive the uh, abstract of value we can make concrete with money that's how we because that's how we transact right i'm thinking oh there must be another culture on the planet where for them it would be investment of something else other than money but being that we're probably spoken speaking to mostly americans who listen to this that is so powerful right it's like the difference between buying a 37 dollar uh i don't know course online course and buying a $500 or a $2,000 online yeah. course. It can drastically yeah. change how you show up. And so some of when I did my uh, Toltec mastery classes, the third in the series of three was more expensive. And when I asked why, 
The answer was because you are going to do more work. Mm-hmm. And my brain turned inside out. And I said, hold on, hold on. You're charging me more for me to do more work. I'm going to be doing more work. This phase of it requires more out of me. So you're charging me more. Yeah. It made zero sense logically. There was a part of my brain that went, this makes perfect sense, but I Mm -hmm. just haven't processed the information yet as to why. But coming out the other side of it, I was like, yeah, yeah, because if it had just been the same, would I have paid attention in the same way? Well, can you yeah. imagine, like, you know, going to law school, it's like, it's a $100,000 investment. Can you imagine just saying, oh, yeah, I'll pay a thousand bucks for this. You think I would have learned a single darn thing? No. It was me saying, wow, I'm dropping a hundred grand on law school. You bet your butt I'm going to class every day. You, you know, I'm going to be doing all the homework. You know, yeah. I'm going to be studying. Right. Like, that is how you transform yourself. And I think so often we devalue ourselves too. We we're, we think we're being selfish because we're investing in ourselves. We think, oh, you know, I need to I need to hold on to that money for something else, or I don't have the money right now. Maybe later. But when later never comes, you know, you or you miss the opportunity to make yourself bigger and better in the world. I mean, that's that's where I really had to to shift my perspective on spending money because I didn't have money growing up. Like I, I mean, the, the idea of spending, you know, like I've spent five grand on a program, um, that, you know, would help me grow bigger in my personal development and my business would be outrageous to me thinking back on the person I used to be, you know, now it's like, that's just the beginning. Like that's just, that's just a drop in the bucket. That's the start of the investment. Yeah. Yeah. And and for those that maybe are intimidated by the money conversation and aren't quite ready for that. Oh, let's talk money. I love talking about money. Well, I, I, have, I have lots of money issues. That's why I love talking about money. Well, I think that alone means that we need to have another as if you're not <laughs> always welcome on this on the podcast. We obviously need to have another one of these. Let's make sure at least one of those conversations is explicitly around money issues because that Sweet. I think would be incredibly valuable for for the sake of just this moment. I'll say. I know a lot of people who won't invest time in themselves. And if you're not willing to invest time in yourself, then either spending money is a hack to try to convince yourself to spend the time, or you need to get your mind right by spending some time on yourself first so that when you actually invest the money, it's worth it. I think of a number of people who are like, no, I'm too busy caring for other people to care for myself. God damn it, put on your own freaking mask before you put the mask on someone else. You need some freaking oxygen. You need to be able to breathe, put the gas mask on so you don't have the toxins. Not the gas mask, the oxygen mask. We're not gassing people, Brian. (laughs) Put on God, the gas- I mean- <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, but put on the gas mask to avoid the toxins, and so that you're still conscious, so you can put the gas mask on the person next to you. There you go. I made. I, I rewrote our work. past conversation. Um, but you know, they're linked together too. I really think that our our concepts about time and money are really linked. We could have a whole conversation about this, but uh, and, yeah. and we will. And okay. the reason why I brought up the time thing specifically was. The going back to the auditing, the inventory mm-hmm. of how we spend our time. That is such a fantastic way to start by saying mm-hmm. whenever when someone says I don't have time, the follow up follow up question to that statement is why? Exactly. 
And, and, and we don't even have to answer the why practically. It just is enough to pique the curiosity. And then you could say, could I do something different that would give me the time? Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it comes back to me to prioritization. So I'll go and then let's, let's do another James Wedmore. He was talking recently about don't tell me to make my bed in the morning. Don't tell me to wake up at 5 a.m. That may work for you. Right. It doesn't work for me. And I thought, okay. I would like some more practical information. He didn't give any at that juncture. I don't know if he has since. Maybe. Oh, you mean like what he does specifically? Yes, where he specifically was dismissing this trend of listening to Navy SEALs talking about waking up at five in the morning and people like Casey Neistat and others who do that. And what I found interesting about that, not in any specificity because I didn't get any, unfortunately, but... Well, what- uh, we'll talk to him about that. We yeah yeah we'll we'll gang up on him. I'm sure he's totally down for two people he doesn't know. Totally ganging up on him about that. Hey, but, I'm a BBD. Uh, what's that? <laughs> I'm a BBD. Are you? Yeah. Very cool. Well, we'll talk about that another time, <laughs> our own time, whenever we actually find time to talk. Um, which is pretty much when we record our conversations, which is hilarious. But anyway, um, this idea that as you were talking about how you changed your habit, I realized, oh, I kind of made a roadmap for my nights. Mm-hmm. There was a period of time where I wasn't doing anything about my mornings, but I made sure that I spent at least five minutes consciously breathing when I laid down in bed. And very often that led to me falling into a deep restful sleep. And that set me up with a well-rested night to have a better morning the next day. So sure. there's lots of ways in, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's easy there for are. someone to get caught up in, well, this is the way they're saying to do it. And that doesn't work for me. So I'm just not going to do anything at all. And my encouragement is no, if you're triggered at all by like hearing this conversation that tells you find a way to do it. Hey, y'all just want to take a quick break in the action. Let you know if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please do recommend it to a friend. I would very much love to expand my audience And I would love it if you would rate me on iTunes slash the Apple podcast platform, because that really helps the show out a lot. And if you want to know more about what I'm up to, go check out my new website at www.educate4.life. That's www.educate4.life. Now, back to the show. You know, it's funny because... I do agree with that. However, when you're in autopilot, you've got to have somewhere to start. So if you're, if you're just like hearing this and you're like, you know what, I just want some, somebody to tell me what to do. Cause I think that's, that's where I was at one point. I'm like, well, somebody just tell me what to do. And if I do it, then if I don't get the result, then at least I have somewhere, at least I know that that doesn't work. Yes. And that I can try something else. Because I was not a morning person. I hated my mornings. And now, do you know how early I wake up in the morning now? Uh, we haven't talked about that recently, now. 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, that was going to be my guess. You know, I never woke up that early. That would be like, I would have looked at you like you were a crazy person if you said really? wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I would never tell anyone to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. Right. All I did is I kept working backwards. I knew if I woke up at 6 a.m., it wasn't enough time for me. I didn't feel right. And then I woke up at 5.30, and that's not enough time. Uh, I woke up at 5, no, that's still not enough time. And then I got a dog, and then I started waking up at 4.30, and I'm like, okay, now I have enough time. It's just, it was, that's so powerful. It was just working backwards and figuring out, okay, uh, no, that's not enough time. I need more time. 
I need, how do I do this? And I just kept playing with it. And now I wake up at four 30 in the freaking morning. Yeah, I don't know if it's anything to clap at. It is. It is. I'm like, I'm going to tell you two reasons why. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to tell you two reasons why that that is so critically valuable. Like, that's so amazing what you just said. Okay. One, I want to just touch on and honor what you said about someone tell me what to do. My temperament rejects that. And I recognize Mm -hmm. my bias. I want you to give me information, tell me why it's valuable so I can choose how I want to apply it. Because if I apply it my way, it may not work, but I'm going to learn lessons I wouldn't learn otherwise that will push me forward and create other types of change as I apply it in other places in my life, maybe Mm -hmm. not the way that you're packaging it. So that's, that's me. But I have worked with people, and I was just having this conversation with my mom today, where if I didn't tell them what to do, they never would have learned. And they absolutely needed to turn off that part of the brain that was reasoning and just like, you go march there and they march there and they go, oh my God, it worked. And then they can figure out why it worked afterwards. So A, I wanted to acknowledge that. I think it's really important. B, you played. I talk about this all the time. You played, you explored, you experimented, and you engaged both that playful part of your brain and the logical part of your brain and look at the result that you got. Maybe no one else would have taken the same steps you did and ended with that result of 430, but maybe they would have taken those same steps and led to a result of 515 and it's like perfect for them or six right. o'clock and it's perfect for them. You're, you designed, again, this goes back to design. You designed your life by, I mean, uh, are you familiar with design thinking? Um, that's not, I'm not familiar with like that theory, but that's actually like my whole course is designing your life. Yes. So design thinking is essentially a five-step process that is an iterative loop. It starts with empathy, which when we're talking about ourselves, so if you're solving a problem in the world, you go talk to the people who have the problem. I don't presume that you know how to solve their problem just because you see their problem. Actually go and try to understand their problem. So we also need to have empathy for ourselves right? So you essentially applied awareness, you applied empathy, and then you go through a series of brainstorming, prototyping, questioning, testing. Oh, so that's basically my, that's everything I teach. I just didn't know there was like a word for it. Yeah, so it's funny because as is true of so many things, it's the one truth known by many names or, you know, Mm -hmm. choose whatever your esoteric statement. Um, Lots of us discovered the same process through our own experimentation, our own lives. And then there's someone else who works in a university like Stanford, which is where design, this one particular uh, model for design thinking came from, who said, let's codify this. And really it's just algorithms. It's how all of life works. It's an algorithm, but they just wanted to zoom in on the parts of the algorithm, the parts of learning that could be highlighted and made more effective. Because if you skip empathy, your result doesn't work. If you skip testing, your result doesn't work. If you skip prototyping, it's none of it is nearly as effective. It's just busy work. It's it's, again, it's doing. It's not consciously acting. It's just doing. Mm -hmm. So, it's so powerful to do exactly what you did. This this is required to get the quote best results is you have to experiment, you have to play, you have to engage in the experience of it, not just the thinking of it, because you have to get a result that you like or you don't like and then play with it from there. Oh, six o'clock's not early enough because I want to feel, com- I want this feeling with this result. Exactly. Okay, and step it back. And I just, that is, to me, that is so critically important and so valuable. So I'm so glad that you said it. Awesome. Whoop. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, with like all of the 30 seconds or IE negative five minutes that we have right now, <laughs> is there, are there any major takeaways, any like significant thought either from something that's already said or you feel like it's an important wrap up thought that you want to share? The big thing that I like to tell people is you've got to start before you think you're ready. Saying to yourself, oh, I'll try that next next time or, or yeah, that's a great idea isn't helpful you got to start before you're ready, no matter what it is you're doing in your life, whether it's starting a business, whether it's starting meditation or yoga, whatever it is, just, just do something. It doesn't have to be a giant movement in that direction. It could just be a few breaths. It could be five minutes. It's, it's just a start. And when you do that, you get your brain working differently and it'll get you moving in the right direction. Start anywhere. Yeah. Right? Anywhere. anywhere, any en- entrance in. And I would, uh, only thing I would add, um, is if you are able to do something immediately when the feeling strikes you before the fear sets in, go for it. Yeah. We think too much. Like that is really one of the things that we get into our head and we think too much. And if we could just, you know, act, Mm -hmm. that would just get us through so much of the BS that our brain puts out. Right. So just, just act. Act. And again, this is like the whole, when you see a green light, green doesn't mean go green means proceed with, with caution or proceed when not proceed with caution, uh, proceed when safe. You know, this, this is the same thing as well. If your fear is jumping out of a plane without a parachute, maybe don't do that because you know, that's going to result in death. So don't. Yeah. I mean, don't do that that still. That's still good advice. Right. But, um, I think the core, again, the core of this is the type of action that we're discussing is not. Um, dangerous. Right. So. We're talking about self-awareness. It might exactly. feel scary, but it's, it'll be okay. Right. Right. This is, this isn't something that's going to lead to broken bones. This is like the risk of embarrassment and, yeah. and we it's don't not that bad. It's not that bad. And and we live in, in a, in a world, in a society, particularly where information go by, goes by so quickly that um, your embarrassment was probably noticed by no one. So it's yeah. really worth it to just give it a shot. And anyone who did notice it, well, whatever, they're not your people if they care. And if they see your embarrassment and don't care, then they're your people. So like, just keep doing the do, man. Sweet. Well, oh my God, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. I am so, 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 so glad. It has been a blast. I always enjoy talking with you, Ryan. Yay, I love talking to you too, which is just proof that we must now do this. Take three, right? So we did on yours, we did yeah. mine. So Part we got to make sure that we we do this again in, in the not too distant future. We'll carve yeah. out some time and make that happen. Hey again, thanks for listening. If you want more goodness, come hang out with me on Instagram at educate4 underscore life. That's educate, the number four, underscore life. I jump on almost every day and go live once per week to answer questions and just talk about what's on my mind. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe, so expect some announcements in the near future. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Talk with you soon.